Hey everybody, it's time for Texas Homegrown Music once again with Maylee Thomas and my guest today is Michael J. Hughes. What a sweet soul he is. I've gotten to talk to him a little bit before the interview and oh my goodness, I really love his heart and he's just one of those guys that he puts family first no matter what and we'll talk about that in the interview. So I'm not going to take any more time. I want to get started. Before I do, I'm going to sing one of my favorite songs that I do. It's one of my older ones. It's called Like a Lily and I wrote it about my life and pretty much sums it up what it was like growing up in my household as a kid. But I'm here today to talk about it and tell you that we do get through some of these hard times and somebody out there probably just needed to hear this and maybe they need to hear this song and know that you can make it through life and uh, I happen to find certain ways of doing it and everybody else finds their own path Uh, I hope you get something out of it like a lily and when we come back Michael J. Hughes strong like a lily rich as a river
Well, here we are, Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Michael J. Hughes. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, Maylee. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am. Um, I'm excited about learning about you because um, with what I've read and what I've seen and what I've um, heard, I'm already a fan. And I'm sorry that I, I haven't been before. But, you know, the nice thing about this show is that I get to know a lot of um, new artists out there. And when I say new, they're new to me. Right. You know, well, I mean, no I know you've been doing this for a long time, um, almost as long as I have, but I li I've lived a lot longer than you, so that tells you how much you've been playing. Uh, I just want to talk first about, um, you had a really cool uh, upbringing in that you had inspiration from both sets of parents, and like so many of us out there um, from divorced families, you uh, you got you got actually something cool out of it. You want to tell me about that road and, and what brought you to the music scene on, in the first place? Yes. Um, so I have been doing it a while, but I've not been trying to do it professionally for except for about three years. But um, going way back, I probably started playing guitar and and singing and writing songs at about fourteen. And uh, as you mentioned, my stepdad, I grew up with my stepdad and my mom. And my stepdad was the choir director at our local church. And so he actually taught me the first three chords on the guitar. I think it was G, C, and D. You can oh, play those are good any, ones. Yeah, most any country <laughs> song with that. And uh, my dad, uh, who lives in Montgomery, which is what, that's where I live now. It's about 45 minutes away. But he was actually in a band when he was in college. It was a like a 60s rock band. So it's oh, quite wow. diverse there, the, the influence. Um, so my stepdad taught me to play and sing and um, got me up at Goshen Baptist Church. My first gig in front of people. I knew them all, but it didn't <laughs> stop the nerves, you know. And uh, really, I just figured out what really got the passion started for me was figuring out um, you could write your feelings down and, and call it a song, you know, and um, really, that really drove me to keep doing it and keep pursuing it. So I played uh, in church a lot and played around my little hometown of Goshen, Alabama for uh, field parties and the like. And then when I went off to college at uh, Auburn University, I played the bar scene there, but I got married pretty young. So I was engaged at 19 and married at 20 so that kind of put the kibosh on the on the bar scene because she's my wife's not a musician but she's very understanding to be with me this long you know and put up oh absolutely <laughs> so uh I, I would still play you know two or three times a week but then we had a uh, my daughter was born and Really, I decided when she was born to take to step away for a little bit because I didn't want to miss the, you know, the gosh, the dance team we did and gymnastics and cheerleading and soccer and all that. So it took about 10 years off. And uh, really about three years ago, she turned 15 because she's 18 now. And I hardly ever see her anyway, you know, when they get 15 and 16 years old. Oh, don't they, you know. Yeah, they come home for gas and food and back out on the road, so. Yeah, you are you are just a means for them to get out and do things. It's like, you know, they call their daddy or their mama when they need something big time. That's right. So I talked to uh, talked to my wife about it and said, I, you know, I really want to start pursuing this again. Um, 
I've, I've got a day job. I still work a day job to this day, but um, I really want to do music full time, whether it's writing songs. I really love performing, too. So about three years ago, I had these songs I had written and nobody had heard them. So I went to a little local studio near uh, Montgomery and recorded a little EP that's, I put it out now, it's just me and the guitar. It's called Some Old Dirt Road. And uh, I figured out you can release songs pretty easy this day and age, which was quite a change. But well, it's a lot you know, harder to get heard. <laughs> there have been lots of records made on GarageBand. I, I mean, there's there's crazy, crazy stuff being done right now. Um, if you just if you're willing to just take a leap, right? And I I think for a lot of people, this past year with um, COVID, you know, this past year and a half with COVID, mm-hmm. a lot of people were able to get into get learning how to get their music out, even if they'd never done it before, because it was either that or nothing at all. I mean, right. you, did you ever think we'd ever be in a place where you couldn't just go out and play for tips? And oh, no, that was a nightmare you know. and perfect time to start a music career, you know, right in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it worked out for me. Um, we recorded those, or I recorded just the, uh, just the acoustic EP. And um, actually had a, a guy I grew up with in high school. His cousin had came over to visit from Texas. And I was playing, just me and the guitar, just playing at the little uh, mud ride event we had. You know, we do that down here in, in Alabama. You'll probably do it in Texas, too. Yeah, mud rides. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I do for, that. Uh, I do that every day I drive, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it to get around. So um, his cousin um, and her sister were visiting from Texas, and she actually worked at a bar in Rowlett, Texas, called the Track, and she was a bartender there. So she took my mute. Well, she didn't know about me either, but she went back to her bar and was telling everybody, "Hey, you got to hear this guy. You know, I met in Alabama. It's a." friend of my cousin so she played it for a few people there and one of them happened to be well now is one of my managers john archer and john um grew up in i believe in dallas um that's where he lives now and he had actually been in the in the music business just shows you how small the world really is once you get to you know talking to people he had worked with uh steve holy back in the uh 90s i believe and he had called up his friend Rhett Rogers, and Rhett grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, but now lived in Dallas too. So he told him about me, and uh, John sent me a message and said, "Hey, we really think you may have something here. We like your stuff. Would you like to come over and kind of play for us live?" So I said, "You know, absolutely." So I made the ten-hour drive over and played for him right outside the bar there in in Rowlett, and we signed a deal. I think two months later, just a management deal, and um, recorded six songs last year, right right in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, you recorded them where at? Where did you record those? Yeah, so Rhett's dad, it turns out, owns uh, a very famous studio. It used to be in Nashville, now it's in Franklin, Tennessee, called Studio 19. And so we recorded it there. It's at the Sound Kitchen in Franklin. Um, and that's where, um, COVID really paid off for me. If you can say that, um, it allowed us to get some musicians that I never would have dreamed of, you know, to play on my songs because they weren't on the road. Right. Yeah. So 
we had Jason Roller was a session leader. He he plays with Alabama and uh, he played guitar and fiddle. Steve Henson, who's he played steel guitar and he's played with everybody. I couldn't believe the the people, Randy Travis and even Merle Haggard, you know, back in the day. Wow. Um, we had the drummer for Easton Corbin, Greg Lohman, Jay Gorman, the bass player for Easton Corbin and Kelly Pickler. And oh, wow. I remember his last name, but D. Wayne on the keyboards, he played with Clint Black. So just unbelievable, phenomenal. Wow. So I, that that was God's blessing to me for, uh, you know, being able to put up with the, with the pandemic, I think. And how how did that make you feel to hear oh your music like that? I mean, yeah, it's um it's kind of cool, isn't it, when you write material and then you um, let it be, you know, let it go to have other people put their their stamp on it, and it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I love I love writing music and I love hearing other people's um you know what they feel for, for it. So yeah. I I tell you I'm really impressed with it, and I, of course. I, I also like just your acoustic stuff because, you know, you yeah. are telling a story and sometimes I don't want the other stuff in the way, mm-hmm. but uh, you did, you did. It's great to hear both of them. And I, I'm excited today because I know that we get to, we get to share some songs of yours in the studio. And I also get to share one that nobody's heard that was basically like a demo right. that you're going to let us play for everybody out there. So if you're just now tuning in, this, this is Texas Homegrown Music with my friend Michael J. Hughes and I'm going to say my friend because I, I I know more about him than I should because I'm just going to go ahead and tell on myself we actually recorded this interview and I'm I'm not in um, Texas right now I'm in North Carolina taking care of my son who was injured in an accident and so I had to bring everything here and what you know we re- we recorded this great interview and then I went back to listen to it and something was really whack on it so Michael, thank you for being willing to do this again. And um, there's oh, so absolutely. much that you told me on the last interview that I want to make sure that we don't forget. So I'm going to be I'm going to be piping in a few things every once in a while that I want to talk about. But the first one that I really want to touch on that you've already said something about was the fact that you have put your family first above everything. Um, when you told me that you took some time off to raise your daughter, that really touched me because. I I can totally relate to that and I you know I think I told you and I I think I've probably said it before in interviews that I'm the kind of person that believes that at the end of my life you know I have four children and they're all adults now my baby is going to be 21 in a month but I figured when I had my children I would look back at the end of my life and I wouldn't say I wish I would have played Carnegie Hall, but if I had not been a part of their life, I'm sure I would have said, I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I just never wanted to say that. Right. And you don't ever have to say that because you made the choice of being a daddy to that daughter. And um, I have a Love Life Foundation that deals with children that have been abused and also, um, you know, that just live a life that they need somebody to be an advocate for them. And I can tell you how strong I am a believer of having those parents in the home um, and and being a part of their lives. And I just I just want to applaud you for that, Michael, and just tell you that it really moved me to know that you made that choice for your daughter, uh, Erin. Isn't that her name? That's her name. Yeah. And And uh, I can really tell now to me, it wasn't it wasn't really a choice. It was just something I knew I had to do because it's it's 
I probably set myself back starting uh, seriously at a later age. But like you said, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to regret it. I don't regret it now because you can't get those years back. And especially now she's a senior and we're starting that year of uh, first, last things, you know, and I'm just glad I was there for, for most all of all of well, the first I promise too. you, I promise you, um, you know, you're, you're going to see the benefit as she, as, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll see it too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she already does. Yeah. I'm sure she already does, but it's cool to have a dad that's a musician and sings and stuff, <laughs> but it's even cooler when he's out there in the crowd supporting you while you're growing up and doing things. So we're going to take a break right now and play Dirt Road Whiskey, which is, um, one of the songs that you released this year. We've got three songs we're going to play today, and all of them you just released this year. Um, and so uh, I'm going to play Dirt Road Whiskey, and when we come back, we're going to talk some more with Michael J. about what he's got in the future and some other stories that he shared with me before that I just definitely want everybody to hear about. So Texas Homegrown Music right here with Maylee Thomas and my guest Michael J. Hughes, and here's the song Dirt Road Whiskey.
Well, we're back with Michael J. Hughes. I know you guys enjoyed that song. And, and like I said, I, I'm a fan of your stuff, even when it's just two track with you and the, and the guitar. So uh, I love that. But I, knowing that those cats are the ones that played on these um, songs, I can see why you were so excited. It sounds great. There's, Thanks. There, you know, there's some B3 on some that, yeah. uh, you know, love that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, so, so when you're playing out now, I know you are out playing some gigs around Montgomery. In fact, you were telling me about some pretty cool places. Are you want to give a shout out to them? Well, I've done most of the local stuff around here. Surprisingly, Montgomery is not that big for, for country music. I have to go outside the city a little bit, which is a little disappointing to me because this is, I mean, we're known for Hank Williams, you know, but. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I played at, uh. Actually, my favorite place to play around here is a place in Prattville, Alabama, which is about uh, 30 minutes from here. And um, that's where I actually met the, the guy that wrote Dirt Road Whiskey. I, okay. I kind of arranged it for him a, a little bit, but he gets 100% credit on, on writing that song. He he came to see me when I opened for one of your Texas artists, uh, Bart Crow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was my first really big like uh, opener type deal so that place means a lot to me and they bring in a lot of good talent like that so we what what how does that feel though to was it were you already a fan of Bart's or did you just meet him then or I just met him then but I had heard uh I heard a lot of Texas stuff from my friend uh Emily that had come over you know to that motorized because they don't play a lot of that great stuff out here you know on the radio and stuff and so I didn't know about a lot of those fantastic artists and I identify with a lot of them so yeah, I knew I knew who he was, and and the lady at uh, Renee at Carl's asked, "Would you be interested in open for, opening for Bart Crow?" And I jumped on it. Yes, ma'am. You know, and he was Would super I be nice. Interested? Yeah, I'd love to. So I just did a, a just an acoustic um, just an acoustic set, me and the guitar, and that's how I do mostly now, just a solo around here. We've got a lot of. Um, talent around here that plays in bands but the problem is they all play in two or three different bands so it's hard to get them all together at one time well i have noticed that a lot with country um with country players and i I know it's the same way in 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 the rock world uh, as well but i i do see a lot of them playing in several different uh, groups and you know i i don't know i I think collaboration with other people is fun i I like it Mm -hmm. and i i'd love to have other people's input on things and uh sometimes it can take a song to a completely different place and i've i learned that uh, famous line many years ago when in doubt lay out yes so that (laughs) Um, if I get thrown up there, you know, I, I, I'll jump in when I feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, um, so you're playing, you've been playing even, even, you know, when you were, uh, at home with your wife and your daughter, you were still playing some gigs around there. But I know that now in the last couple of years, you're really taking it serious about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, knowing what it's going to take to get your music out there. And it is hard. It's hard on a family, um, to not have their you know spouse around and how, you know, that's it's tough and especially, you know, with kids. So I, again, I want to say thank you for doing that. And I'll so to to your wife Ashley for being so supportive Amen. and being you know open to you saying hey how do you feel about me wanting to do this now? Well, it takes a lot of patience as as you know because uh, really this year when when things opened back up I hit the ground running. I I was playing uh, probably from uh, March. We started opening up about March of uh, this year 
pretty wide open. So from March until the end of September, it was four nights a week. And it takes a lot of patience and understanding to tolerate me dragging in at, you know, one, two or three in the morning and being tired and grumpy all day and going and doing it the next night too. So, but I played around Montgomery, um, got down into South Alabama, Dothan and Ozark over into West Georgia and Northern Florida even played in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, got out that way a little. And then whenever I can come to Texas, I like to play at uh, my friend's bar up there. Um, the track in Rowlett, I'll shout out to them. They're great people up there. Absolutely. Well, you, you get that close to me next time, you better tell me, brother. I'm going to come and <laughs> see you. Absolutely. But, um, you know, here's the thing that people don't understand, too, is when you're at the level that you are, which is most people, most all of us, you're you're booking yourself, you're dragging your equipment around. You're, I mean, there there's yeah. so much work involved. And um, and then you're working a, a day job, too. And and I think you told me that you work out of the house and so does your mm-hmm. wife. So that, that helps a lot in yeah. the relationship so at least you're seeing each other a lot during the day right right and, and maybe by the time the night comes she's booting your butt out and saying yeah go yeah. on baby I, yeah. need some, I need a break she's probably tired <laughs> of me by then so. and uh yeah she works in the dining room and i work in the in the office she's she came home to work uh during during covid but she just decided to stay like a lot of people and, I, and we like it that way you know but you're oh. right it is a lot of work because it's i mean you're doing everything i've got management but they they're both right now in dallas so a lot of our stuff is through zoom calls or phone calls or in messenger but local gigs and everything i, I have to do all the booking like you said i'm on roadie uh sell my own merch you know <laughs> you know how it is it's a full-time I- job I do know how it is. I also, I, I want to talk about your merch. I'm just looking at that really cool hat you have on. Thanks. Um, I love that logo. Thank you. Yeah, this is, it's been pretty popular. I, um, I got a guy from Troy, which is 15 miles from my hometown of Goshen. I know not, y'all aren't going to know where these places are, but uh, this guy. I do, because, you know, I told you earlier, I grew up. Yeah, you grew up I, down there. I was there. born in Texas, that's but I right. grew up in what we call L.A., that's right. lower Alabama, but it's right there on the um, on the panhandle of Florida. So I know I know what you're talking about. So okay. you, you had somebody else to help you with that logo? Yeah, he's a guy. He was a graphic designer in, uh, at Troy University, and he did a lot of, I noticed on on Instagram, he did a lot of album art for people, and he's in a band too. Um, and I told him, I said, "Hey, I need a logo, and I just want something." Well, first he did with just my name. I just wanted a, my name to look fancy, you know, Michael J. Hughes. So he nailed it. And I said, he said, well, "What do you want, you know, your brand to be?" I said, "I don't know, man. I just don't. I just want to be real country music." And so that's the first logo he made was Michael J. Hughes, and it's got real country music. I said, perfect. I mean, he nailed it. And then I told him I needed a smaller one. You know, I said, I want like a brand that looks like a cattle brand, and I want that star incorporated to represent Texas because of the connections I've made out there and the ties I have to it. So that's what he came up with. Well, I love it. And um, so if you guys, if you'd like to wear merchandise that's cool, you need to get online and look at his merchandise. And it's out of, uh, it's you know, you have such a connection with Texas, do, brother. Yeah. That's, you know, and we'll, we'll take you all day long. I'll just tell you <laughs> that. But um, you have CH Lone Star Promotions is who does mm-hmm. your or promo that does your stuff. And I think you can find his merchandise on their website as, where, as well as his own, mm-hmm. which is under Michael. J. Hughes. And when I say J, it's spelled out, isn't it? J-A-Y. Mm-hmm. Michael yep. J-A-Y Hughes. 
Yeah, and uh, your merchandise is cool. I mean, and, and I and in today's world, I can tell you as an artist, people and those that are listening, you know, we really don't make hardly, well, it's pathetic what we make on downloads. Mm. And I've, I've talked about it before. I'll get a readout and it looks like, oh, wow, look at all these people that download. And at the very bottom, it's like $91.20 yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of downloads. So. It'll break your heart really quick. Yeah, we do appreciate the the merch. Um, I prefer downloads instead of streams, but I don't care. I just want you to listen to the music, so however you can. But yeah, no doubt. And um, and so you guys, I, I still I don't know about you, but I still love getting CDs and albums, and I like to be able to pull out that the I love vinyl. I love to be able to pull out that sleeve and see what's you know written on that sleeve. Usually, there's a lot of information that you don't get anywhere else. And I'm still. We're hoping it, to do that. We're hoping good. to do that next year. And I and I like seeing the lyrics. I want to be able to you know read the lyrics because, especially you know, depending on the singer, half the time I can't understand what they're actually saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. And so that's always fun, and it's important to me to be able to see and know. Um, you know what you're you're talking about, and and I I'm really quick to tell you now. I've learned the I've learned through this interview process that maybe sometimes I don't want to know why you wrote it because I want it to be something to every listener, and it's always a song can be so different from for everybody. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I have my question of you know what is it, and I think I talked to you about this because we're going to play um, Keith Whitley songs, which is another uh, single that you just released recently, mm-hmm. and it's actually just a song about a story of a night that you were out, you know, yeah. like so many of us were when we were younger. Um, I don't know doing trash can punch and hanging out listening to music right yeah well there's not a lot to do in goshen so the the populations uh last time i checked about 330 so not a whole lot to do except ride around in your truck and build a fire somewhere so keith whitley songs yeah it's a true story that happened a long time ago now but uh i actually wrote the song about uh two years ago Okay. Uh, it's the inspiration was a Keith Whitley greatest hits CD because he was a huge influence of mine um, as a singer, especially. And you know, we used to carry around a lot of the younger people may not know this, but we had the huge bags or uh, folios or whatever you call them, full of CDs. So yeah, we Those would little uh, zip arounds or, yes. or they fold over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've still got mine. I had two of them in my truck. I got some too. They're still <laughs> loaded. <laughs> Yeah, and I actually found, I told you this last time, but I found the actual CD that I was listening to that night, the Keith Whitley Greatest Hits CD. Oh, you got to frame that thing. I hope yeah. you have. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be. So that particular night, we were uh, we used to hang out under a, a bridge in town, which sounds kind of weird to a lot of people, but it was near the river. No, and, not to me. Yeah, and we'd build a fire. I think we were boiling peanuts or something. It's the most oh, southern you thing you can think of. And... Um, there was this uh, high school sweetheart of mine that we weren't together yet, but I really wanted to be with her. And and my truck, we were playing the Keith Whitley Greatest Hits CD, and I took up, got the courage, and asked her to dance. So we started dancing, and that CD just kept playing one song to the next. Well, there was, I think there's only 10 songs on there. 
So it just looped around to the beginning, and I had a buddy over there about to change it, and I said, hey, no, no, uh-uh, keep playing them Keith Whitley songs, you know. <laughs> and we ended up playing it and playing it until the battery on the truck ran down. So it, it tells it, the story tells itself, but it's got a lot of meanings to a lot of different people, I come to find out, like you say. I love it. And uh, so, well, I hear, hear you say it was a high school sweetheart, so it wasn't actually um, Ashley. So no, no. <laughs> I have some songs like that. I have a song that I wrote called So Far Down, and it's about my ex. And um, I think I might have even told him because he's a keyboard player. And uh, I was actually with him when I met George, who I've been with now for 30 years. I think I had the nerve to finally tell him, yeah, yeah, no, I wrote that song about you. And when you hear it, it's almost like... Like, he probably was like, great, thank you for that. Cause yeah, I don't even know, you know, I don't even know if uh, if, if she knows. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> if the girl you knows, mean the girl? I a song about her, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I know. Don't... I hadn't well, talked to her in a while, but she's, it wasn't meant to be. She was, she was married and been married, gosh, almost as long as I have. So God knows what no. he put I you to right what... people. Let, that's okay. We, I, I think it's great. I, I'm actually friends with most all of my love interests from my past, so it's just a lot of fun. You know, we, we live and we learn, and, and now you're with the, you know, the love of your life, and you've got this beautiful daughter that's absolutely. I wouldn't um, change. Going to go off to college, and you guys are going to be empty nesters, and you're going to freak out when you see how that feels. It's going to be weird. I'm just we're, telling you because I just became one. Yeah, we're already. We're it's already starting. You know, we're, we're waiting for the the last football game she cheers at. And then, I mean, it's just one thing after another. So it's a happy time, but a little bit sad, too, you know. No, I know it is. It's it's hard. Yeah, better have those tissues for your wife and and for yourself. And for me, you drop her off at college because it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Well, we're gonna play Keith Whitley songs for you right now. And when we come back, I want you to tell that story about some of the gigs that you played and and how you know you just never know the people that you touch. I'm a big believer in um, understanding that it's not so much about how many people you play with, but the fact that you're willing to put it out there no matter what and i love that about you and i love this story so we're going to come back and tell that but for right now you're listening to texas homegrown music with yours truly maylee thomas and my guest michael j hughes here's his latest single called keith whitley songs and we'll be right back well, i can still feel the cool fall breeze that september night you were standing there playing with your hair, eyes dancing in the firelight. Keith Whitley on the radio, I took your hand in mine. I pulled you close and we danced real slow. Don't close your eyes. And it was
Well, we're back with Texas Homegrown Music and my guest, Michael J. Hughes. And my, uh, Michael, I I just, you have to tell the story about, uh, is it your cousin, Tara? Yeah, my cousin, Tara. Mm-hmm. Right. I want you to tell the story because, you know, people out there need to know that, I think I've, I've said this many times, so many times we have, we'll play a gig and we think it's going to be this big, beautiful you know, festival with thousands of people is going to be so wonderful. And we find out that sometimes those little gigs that we thought were going to be so, you know, hard to do end up being the most um, rewarding. So I, I, that's how I feel about this story. So tell them the story about Ash, uh, about Tara's um, grand opening. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, as a musician, it's, it's highs and lows. It's a life of those. So you play a, you might play for you know, 500 people one night and the next night you're playing for 30 or 40. It's just the way it goes. But you're right. A lot of those smaller gigs turn out to be really, really special. And, and this one turned out to be, and I didn't think much of it at the time, but, uh, my cousin Tara, uh, asked me to come and play for her grand opening of her nail salon in Luverne, <laughs> Alabama. Now Luverne's a little bit bigger in Goshen, but not much. So, there was it was a girls' night out, so they had you know a bunch of ladies there, and at, at its peak, there was probably thirty or thirty-five people there. So it was just a, a fun little gig, but I was really just doing it uh, to help her out, and she was helping me out too, because just to play, and I love to play near my hometown anyway. So played the gig, and uh, everything went great, and I got home, and this was this happened about. I think I told you three weeks ago. It hadn't been long. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. And so uh, I think it was two days later, I got a text from Tara, and it was a picture. And it was a picture of a cross that was made out of horseshoes, like welded together. And I just kind of sent her back question marks, like, what is it? why are you sending me this? She said, somebody brought this to the, to the salon and said to give it to you. She said it was a, a husband of one of her longtime clients. And I never saw him that night. I don't, I didn't see many dudes there at all, but she said he was listening from like two stores down or two parking lots over or something. I had no idea he was listening, but he said that, uh, the music touched him and he said to give that to that boy singing, he needs to have it cause he's going to have a gold record someday. So I actually picked that cross up, um, a couple of days ago. I think it was Thursday. I was down that way. And I've got it here at the house now. And that's something, something like that means something to me. You know, that it's not, to some people you think, well, what's the big deal? But no, that guy made that and gave it just for me because I touched him. That's that's what it's all about to me. Yeah, and you know, I tell people all the time that um, if, if what I do just touches one person, it's worth it because, you know, it's all about connection and we're all just, we really are all over this complete world. We're all doing the same thing. We're all on this journey of trying to figure out our purpose and we want to connect with someone. Everybody's looking for love and want to be loved back and we want to feel like we um, val- are valued on some level, right? Yep. And, um, and for you to know that that guy took the time to go and make that for you and then send it because you know he, he i mean he took a chance too right, right? Well, L- yeah. looking like you know whatever and, and he didn't I, know I, how i'd take it either so that, exactly, that did take guts. exactly he probably didn't know how you even feel about the cross or right. whatever right right but um i can tell you this that um those are the things that as an artist 
they it's like a little tap on your shoulder and a pat on the back that says yeah you're 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 doing what you were created to yeah do. that may it That's does it. and it seems like moments like that for me anyway will come after something that's really disappointing, you know, like you, you missed out on an opportunity, you think, but it, you're not, you know, it's all God's timing and you're right. Stuff like that is just a little nudge to say, you're doing the right thing, you know, as long as you're yeah, using, and, using the gifts you've given. Yeah. And you know, you just don't, you just don't ever know. And I don't, I, you, you can't look back about things that you have or haven't done. And I think more and more as I get older, I realize that, um, my journey is my journey and I'm going to try to make lemons, um, turn, uh, make lemons taste like lemonade as much as I can <laughs> and, and try to look at the positive and everything. And it's not going to be, you're not going to be happy all the time. Um, we are going to go through some pain and sorrow, but, um, it, you don't know the happiness unless you do. And, you know, you got to have the right. yin, yin and yang and, and, uh, and I'm just so grateful that I got to meet you, Michael. And I'm so grateful that John uh, Archer actually reached out to me and, um, and, and told me about you. He's and, a huge and, fan of yours, too. He was telling me. Well, and you know, you he said that. He's like, I, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I've come out to see you play. And so we're going to have to <laughs> we're going to have to do something. I'm going to bring you to Texas and we're going to have to do something together. I would love that. I, I, I just think you're such a beautiful soul, Michael. And in my book, you have already made it, brother. You you've succeeded in life and you've succeeded as a musician. But I do want you to be able to play music full time. I do want to see that happen for you. And I know that your goal i know that's one of the things that you're really striving to do um and so that, that's my hope for you thank you so much and i am excited about this next song because nobody's ever heard this rendition it's it's his acoustic version i think you told me that it was your demo for yeah, playing this fire is, mm -hmm. this is one of those that i recorded three years ago that I, you know of the of the uh, little EP I did, but I didn't release it yet because uh, I planned on releasing it later, but it turns out all this has happened and I got to record in the studio, so we did a studio version. So this is a version uh, not many people, there's been a few, but not many people have heard it. Well, I love it and I love you and I just am so grateful that I got to meet you and to know you and I'm looking forward to hearing more from you. Um, and I know you're going to you're going to put out a record soon and I'm hoping you'll put out a record. You're going to have you got to you got to cut some vinyl cuz it's, oh, yeah. it's it's cool. It's it actually is. cool again. And uh, and plus, you know, people will buy it if, mm -hmm. if you're out and you know, you get a lot more money for people buying a record than you do a download. Yeah, so. amen. Um, so anyway, <laughs> All right, babe. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to play Playing With Fire, a, a version you haven't heard before, and we'll be right back. Again, you've been listening to Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas, and my guest, Michael J. Hughes. If you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Yes, that's a lesson that'll never learn, because I won't lie. To the edge sometimes But when I'm out here Living these country songs Trying like the devil To do no wrong I lose my mind Every now and then They say I can look But I better not touch I never thought It could be so tough Playing with fire 
a song called Abilene by September Moon, and I met this sweet uh, girl and her husband and this band a few years ago at a... I remember we were playing in Mansfield, Texas at a place called The Lot. It was really hot that day, but I remember they put on a heck of a show. So you guys be sure and check out their music. I'm going to have them on my show pretty soon. I just reached out to them today. So we're going to put something together and you guys check back September Moon. Well, I really, really found a sweet soul with this Michael J. Hughes. And I, I know you guys, if you listen to that interview, there's no way you can walk away from that and not uh, agree with me that he's got his uh, priorities in order and I hope him all the success in his future and no matter what he's a success to me and if he is playing music and getting paid he's a professional success and I love that so you guys be sure to check him out though download his music a lot of these guys that's that's the way they make their money is when you actually buy their music and buy their CDs and their merchandise and he's got some cool stuff out there so Michael J. Hughes thank you for being on the show today and thank you Tupps Brewery and Guitar Sanctuary for always making it possible and I'm going to close the show today with a Max Stalling song called I-35 because it just reminds me of what it's like when you're on the road in the towns that you're going through on I-35 through Waco and Austin and San Antonio and San Marcos and all those really cool places in Texas that all these people want to join and, and be at and go to and visit. It's a lot of fun. I love being a Texas girl. We'll be back next time with Texas Homegrown Music and yours truly, Maylee Thomas. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, leave that city far behind. Just fine. Pardon me, San Marcos, but I'm uh, trying to make some time. There's a storm in my rear view and a city on my There's a peace of mind in the straightaway and there's comfort in the curve. I did pull off in vinyl like I normally do.
Leave that city way far behind. 